Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Anyone in the room, you have kids or you have had kids who ask you for money? <laughs> Silly question, right? So, some of you, you have grown kids now and they still ask you for money. Right? My kids, anytime we're out somewhere and, and there's some kind of gumball machine or that stupid claw machine, you know, that blah, right? Uh, that, and that's a hustle, okay? I hate the claw machine because it will rob you of your money and, and it gets you because it's like, Oh man, I just, I almost had this stuff animal, or I almost had that. I gotta, I gotta do it again. Get it. I know I can do it. And then it's a hustle. It's gonna take all your money. But it never fails. Anywhere we go, uh, we go to Pelicans a lot uh, for snow cones. If you haven't been there, go check it out. It's a great, great place to, to hang out with your fam. But, but they have a gumball machine inside there, there, there where you sit at, and the kids always want to get a gumball. I'm like, man, you don't need no candy. We just made a snow cone full of sugar. You don't need candy. Right? There goes the, the claw machine. What, can I do it? No. Oh, we're not doing that. It's a hustle. Um, uh, Haley was at a, a women's conference on the other lady. They went to a women's conference this weekend. And, and so Friday night, I had the kids. Um, and I was like, man, let's get some pizza. Right? I'm not cooking. I know there's a few things in the fridge. Let's just go. Let's get some pizza. And so I took them, ordered something at Hungry Howard's. We went and picked it up. And they had, it wasn't a claw machine. They've got these new ones now that, like, it cuts like the vine or whatever and it drops your price. It's a hustle. What it is. Uh, but he's but like, Dad, there's a smartwatch in. I said, I said, what do you need a smartwatch for? Uh, he has an Avengers watch, just a little kitty one. And the other night he was chewing on the end of it. I said, you don't need no smartwatch, right? Plus, I never had cash or change on me. I'm like, I don't, I don't have any change. We're not leave that alone. Now we can use COVID as an excuse. Stop touching everything. You're going to get germs everywhere. Quit it, right? And so, but it never fails. It never fails. Anywhere we go, they ask. Uh, from my, it reminds me of the story of a little girl. She came to her father and she said, Daddy, can I have a nickel? And of course, come on, Dad, you got a daughter. Right? You know they got trapped. Come on, anything they ask, you know. And Dad's digging around. He's like, man, I don't have any loose chains. And he looks at his wallet. Like, man, I got 20, but that's a lot. <laughs> but she's been a good girl and it's Daddy's girl. So, like, all right, I'll give you this 20. She's like, no, no Daddy, I'll, I'll ask you for a nickel. Daddy, you don't understand. I, I asked for a nickel. And he's like, well, sweetie, I don't think you understand. This is $20. This is a lot of nickels. But, Daddy, I asked you for a nickel. Sweetie, like, let's do some math, right? right, right there's 100 cents and a dollar, right? Because after 20 nickels, and I'm giving you $20. Like, dude, let's do math real quick. Daddy, I asked you for a nickel. Why won't you give me a nickel? <laughs> Why won't you do what I asked you to do, Daddy? But don't we do that with God? We're here, sitting here asking God for nickels, and he wants to give us 20s. Oh. Oh. How many times, if everything that God is, everything that he wants to do in our life, we tend to, to try to do things on our own? We, we, we tend to want to do things our own way, as if we know better than God? God's wanting to bless our life. God's wanting to take care of us. He's got a plan and, and a purpose for your life. He gives us an abundant life. God is more than enough for you and I today. You might as well say amen to that this morning. But far too often we settle for less than God's best in our life. Because of what we want. 
how we want it. But God is not going to always meet our wants, but he will meet our needs. So I want to talk to you about that this morning. As we close out our miracle and making series, let's talk about the miracle of God's provision. Like most people, many of us, we could say money's tight. Or it has been tight. Right? Or sometimes it's good, we're good, and then there's always certain times of the month, always certain times of the year. Money can be tight. You might be a single parent today, and, and you've got a limited income. You're raising multiple kids. You might have, you might be a two-income uh, family, and things are, are still tight. You might be making six figures. If you are, meet me up to church. We won't talk. I want to bless you. <laughs> but still, things might be tight, because while income might be good, the expenses are high. You might be a college student in the room and you're living on ramen noodles. Come on, Jerry. You, you got it good. I know. God bless you. But ramen noodles and cheese pizza and Taco Bell, like, I know. I've been there. Or maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you're on the other side of college, but you've got student debt. You've got college loans you're paying on still. Now you've got family and kids need braces. Kids are so blessed today. They get the Invisaligns now. I had that metal stuff going on in this room back in the day. This is a million dollar smile I got going on. There's insurance and car payments and all, all the things that we, we know that we have. And, and, and wherever you're at in life, things can be tight and, and there can be more month than there is money sometimes. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Have you ever looked at your budget and what's coming in, but also what's going out and think, there's not enough. I don't know how we're going to make this work. There's countless examples in Scripture of those that were just like you who feared there was just not enough. Countless. We, we can read story after story. There was a time when Jesus was teaching. Many of us know this story. And they're on this hillside. And there's thousands of people that have gathered. The Bible says 5,000. But, but it's more likely to be 20 or 25,000, including all the kids and women and everybody. And Jesus is preaching. He, he's he get long-winded. Y'all know us long-winded preachers? I try not to be. Jesus gets long-winded, and the disciples are kind of reading the crowd, and they're like, man, Jesus, man, you've been preaching. You're good. It's good stuff. But you've been preaching kind of long, and the days get long here, and these people are getting long. I, I'm getting long. Let's just be honest. And, and you know what? God doesn't always give us what we want. He doesn't always tell us what we think we want to hear. He says this. This is not the response the disciples expect. He said, what did he say? Remember, he said, you go feed them. Excuse me? Jesus, like, bro, you've been preaching all day. Like, the restaurants are about to close. And by the time we get to town, get all these people. What are we going to do? And if you remember the story, there's this kid that comes along. He's got a little uh, long John Silver kid basket. A few loaves and a few pieces of fish. And as I was coming back, Jesus, this is all we got. There's thousands of people here. How are we going to do this? If you remember, that it seemed like there wasn't enough. But if you know this story, if you know the story, Jesus uh, does this miracle. It, it was enough. The Bible says their bellies were full and they had doggy bags to take home. It was more than enough because that's the God that we serve, right? The prophet Elisha was talking to a widow who was scared for her future. Didn't know how she was going to provide for her family. Looked in the, the cupboard like many of us might do sometimes. Like, man, there's, there's nothing in here. I need to go to the store. 
She felt like she didn't have enough or didn't have anything. And if you remember, the prophet said, what do you have? She said, I just got a small jar of oil. And as long as she poured out, and she had containers of oil to keep flowing. You know that story. I'm not going to tie it into the whole thing. And we saw the God that provided bread from heaven, meat from ravens, and a giant fish to rescue a drowning man. Our God is a miracle-working God, and there is miracle provisions. And in every story of need you see throughout the Bible, there is a miracle provisions because my God provides. Come on, he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Anybody believe that today? Anybody yes. see the provision of God in your life? Yes. My God provides. Philippians 4.19 says that my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. If you read this chapter in Philippians, we see where Paul is speaking to this Philippian church and saying, listen, like your, your generosity is amazing. I didn't even ask for anything, yet you, you, you blessed me. No other churches did, but you you did, and he speaks of, of their generosity. And so, so Paul understood the blessings of God and how it worked and the principles that are in play, which we're going to talk about here in, in just a little bit. And he says, oh my God's going to meet all your needs according. See, see, that would be great. If we just stop there and say, God's just going to meet all my needs, everything, right? And I believe he will. But he says, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. We know that God is the giver of all good things, right? We know God is, and he provides abundantly. But notice, God meets your needs, but doesn't need all of the wants. Yes, he'll give us the desires of our heart. Yes, yes, we do get that. But he will meet your needs. Psalm 23, 1 says, my shepherd, uh, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in what? In wants. Those that follow God will lack nothing necessary to accomplish his purposes. His purposes. His will. When it's God's will, he will make a way. According to his will and his Wait. Now, I'm going to be honest, sometimes my eyes are bigger than my stomach. Anybody in the room can relate? I ain't going to lie. Well, you, you go to your friends and they have this blue plate deal now, right? And you can go and they got blue colored plates that you can go to the buffet with. And, and you can go, it's a little bit cheaper than the regular plates. Uh, you go one time to the buffet and, and then you can uh, just pay that, that cheaper rate. Well, I have learned the art of stacking. This is how, you know, I'm a country boy at heart, so this is how we do it, right? right? So the grips go down first. Then the scrambled eggs go on top of that. And then they have this amazing tomato gravy that goes on top of that, right? Then they got the cheesy half brown casseroles. I'm making y'all real hungry right now. Friends, maybe I'll be okay. But it's over. And then the cheesy hash brown casserole goes on top, and then the biscuit goes on top of all that, and, and, and the sausage and the, and the bacon, everything gets stacked. But I always leave a little full space, because on that breakfast buffet, I mean, they have the most amazing peach cobbler. <laughs> and, and I have to make room for that. So I've, I've learned that. But, but sometimes my eyes are bigger than my stomach. You know what? Sometimes my eyes are bigger than my bank account. Sometimes my eyes are bigger than my brain and my heart. I wish there was someone here whose eyes would get big for the things of God. Because with God, we can get our eyes as big as we want to. Come on, I wish we would learn to trust in Him instead of the things that we want. Don't get me wrong, there's some things that, that, that we have and it's not wrong to have stuff, but it's just stuff. I, I want to be more concerned with God's will for my life. 
and for his purposes for my life. And, and there's a difference between what we need and what we want. We need clothes, but we want the designer handbag, right? And, and the expensive jeans. Some of you are like, man, I'm good. We, we need rest, but we want the vacation, all-inclusive resort by the water. We, we, we need shelter, but we want it with granite countertops and wood floors and 4K Ultra HD television. Oh, oh yeah. Three-car garage with two cars and a place with a boat, right, Ben? While those things are not wrong, when we begin to put those things ahead of what God is wanting for our life, then it becomes wrong. Sometimes, sometimes there's things that we want, and then when God shows up, it's like, hold on, God, that wasn't kind of the picture I had in my mind. That wasn't like my plan. And so what I'm trying to get you to see and understand is, is there needs to be a shift in our life to where God is not just some box that we do on, on Sunday, but it's everything in our life. And that everything in our life flows from our relationship with Him. If you remember, today, today's Palm Sunday, if you didn't know that, I know this is not like a traditional Palm Sunday message at all. This is the day that Jesus makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This next week coming up is considered Holy Week as we see Jesus and what he does leading up to Friday, his time on the cross, his death, and Sunday, his resurrection. This is known as Holy Week, and, and we see Jesus coming in. If you remember that the people were expecting a different kind of king. They were expecting a military type ruler coming in to overthrow the government because of the oppression that was going on. And they, they, they didn't expect another rabbi. They had rabbis, and they weren't really doing anything. So they did not expect Jesus to come in. They had this different idea, and they had this different plan, this different way of things. Jesus was not what they expected. And it messed with them. That's why one moment on Sunday they're sharing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And they're laying down palm branches as Jesus enters in. And then the next minute on the end of the week, they're yelling, crucify him, crucify Because it didn't fit. Jesus didn't come right in on a noble steed. came in on a donkey. He didn't come in wearing a gold crown. But by the end of the week, he was wearing a crown of thorns. And he died on a criminal's cross for you. Sometimes God's provision is not the way that we picture it. But it's exactly what we need. They didn't get the king that they wanted, but they got the king that they needed. We needed his death and his resurrection in our life. There's a difference between what we need and what we want. So let's look at three kingdom principles around God's miraculous provision today. Number one, when God guides, he always provides. When it's his will, he will make a way, right? Isaiah 15 11 says, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. If you read this chapter in Isaiah 58, read this chapter, um, this sounds nice and fluffy and good, but before that, uh, there's, there's a word for uh, like a rebellious people, right? God's looking at a rebellious people, and he's saying, listen, you fast, but then you do as you please while you fast. He says, he, he says, this is not a true fast. What fasting should do should draw you closer to me. What fasting should do should align your will with my will. It should humble you and rely on me. So that, then this verse comes into play, 5811, 
The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. What happens? We live in a sun-scorched land, right? It's hot. <laughs> it's not even summertime yet. It is hot. That creates thirst. It creates a dryness. God's saying, listen, even in that environment, I will provide. You will not thirst. I will take care of you and guide you always. God doesn't provide for all of our, our wants and wishes sometimes, but he provides for his will, his plans for your life. Some of you might be in a moment in life, some of you might be going through some things, and you're looking at, maybe it's your budget, maybe you've got some other things going on in your life, some burdens, some problems, some issues, and you might be thinking, man, God is not coming through for me. I, 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 don't, I don't see him, I don't feel it, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But these are moments, as you've heard me say time and time, these are moments where we trust Him more. These are moments where we worship Him more. These are moments where we absolutely should pray. I know we don't feel like praying. I know we don't feel like worshiping. I know we don't feel like being real spiritual. These are moments. It's a different kind of prayer. It's a different kind of intimacy that we build with God. We get to know Him in the valley low. We celebrate Him on the mountaintop. We intimately get to know God in those struggles and in those moments. And he doesn't promise us that there will be no struggles. He promises he will be there and step the way we him straight through. But some of you might look at, at your finances and stuff, and you might say, man, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't see God coming through. And I've got the house payment and the car payment and I've got how to charge the vacation this year. I, I'm still paying off Christmas for like 2014, right? Sometimes we need to recognize that maybe God did meet our needs. We just spent it on our wants. Right? His provision is not a get-out-of-jail-free card for our bad decisions. God, God's not some kind of genie that we can just make our, our wishes in our life. It's everything according to His will for our lives. Abraham, if you remember, more than anything else, he wanted a son. Right? You, you know the story of Father Abraham. He, he wanted a son. He was promised a son for years in years, Sarah prayed, Abraham prayed, they waited, prayed, waited, prayed, waited some more. And then God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. And then they waited some more. And they were old. And finally, God gives them a son to raise his boy. God puts Abraham to the test. He says, take your son to the mountain and sacrifice him. I'm like, what? Huh? That don't make sense, God. You promised me. You can't prove, now, now you want me to do what? It doesn't always point out the way that you think it should. So now we're walking up this mountain with this little boy on, and, and if you remember his son looks like this, says, Daddy, um, where's the sacrifice? Abraham in Genesis 22, he says, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the land. They reach the top of the mountain, Abraham courageously obeys God and ties his son to the altar. Can, can, can you imagine what his son is singing? Like, Dad, um, I remember like, just like 20 minutes ago when I asked you where's the sacrifice and, and you said God's going to provide a lamb. Like, this is not what I was, not what I was thinking. Dad, Dad, what are you doing with that knife? What's going on? Why are you tying me to this rock? But Abraham trusted God. Abraham trusts God and obeys him. And then the angel shows up and says, don't lay a hand on the boy. I know you fear guys. I get it, Abraham. You got it. You understand. It was a test. Genesis 22, 13. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its thorns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it and burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will 
provide. Abraham was living his life fixed on the will of God. That's how we're meant to live our lives, fixed on the will of God. How many times do we confuse our will, our, our God's will, with our wants, and we get it all jumbled up in this crazy ball and mix in a little bad theology in there too sometimes, and, 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 and it gets all twisted up. If we pursue his will, his provision will follow. We try to do that as a church. I don't want to just tell you and, and teach you and preach you to tithe, but without us doing so, so years ago, we, we sat down with, with Eric, our, our treasurer, and, and said, hey man, listen, we want at least 10% of what is coming in here at church to be going out. Whether that's an outreach, whether that's our, our backpack drive in the summer, missions, uh, benevolence, whatever that is, we, we want at least, at least 10% going out. I mean, we started to do that. We started to shift. And there's been some transition in the church over the past uh, several years and, and, and things were, were tough for a minute. But man, we, we have seen God move. Think that that shift is turning. And man, I believe it's a direct correlation. Not because that was like our idea, but, but we just felt like, man, that's, that's what God wants us to do. Amen. When God directs your steps, he always puts provision in your path. When God God's God provides. The second principle I want you to see this morning is that God miraculously multiplies what is given. Yeah. We may pray and say, God, I, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need this. I, I, God, I want, I want, I want. And, and we'll pray that, but, but what's the correlation between that and our giving? God multiplies what is it? It's a biblical principle. I'm not today. I'm not going to take up another offering at the end of service. You can relax. <laughs> Woo! Like, I'm, this is not a ploy to get you to just make it rain in here. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. Right? That's not what this is. But I want you to get this picture in your mind of following God's word, whether it's in your finances or whether it's just living a life surrendered to Him. Whatever area of life that is for you, God's will is most important. But God miraculously multiplies what is given. A, a preacher out of the country was testing one of his rich members. His member had a farm and had pigs on it. And John the farmer was hanging out with the preacher. And the preacher asked him, John, if you had 100 pigs, would you give God 25? Oh, yes, Pastor, I sure would. I sure would give. John, if you had 20 pigs, would you give five to God? Absolutely, Pastor. John, if you had two pigs, would you get one? Now, Pastor, you cut that out. You know I only have two pigs. Right? When we're speaking hypothetically, it's easy. It's easy to give. It's easy to say yes to God. But what about what God asks us and requires us with what's in our hand? What about then? Then we have a problem sometimes. Sometimes God, he'll do it all. Send a fish. Save John. Manna from heaven, bread from heaven for the Israelites in the wilderness. But sometimes God wants to build your faith and he invites you to be a part of the miracle in the making. So what does he do? He asks you to give and then he multiplies what you give him. We see that played out in these stories we share with. When did God multiply the widow's oil? Well, she started pouring it out. If you remember the prophet Elijah, he was asked to give a word for the army and he ran out of water. And the word of the Lord came and said, listen, y'all go dig some ditches. They had to dig ditches before God sent the rain. 
When did God multiply the loaves and the fish? When the boy gave his lunch. When did Abraham become father of nations? When he offered his first one and only son. When did God provide salvation for us? When Jesus gave his life on the cross. Which is what this day and this next week and all of this is all about. It's a principle of multiplication according to God's will. We need to recognize that Scripture is clear that God miraculously multiplies what is given. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 if you have a Bible this morning. 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. Paul speaking to the Corinthian church says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Again, God multiplies what is given. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, someone say able. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things you'll just be rich. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will do what? Abound in every good work. Right? I, I believe generosity is something that God will use to, to shake this world up. I believe generosity is something that God will use for us to reach our community and those around us. That's why we do it. That's, that's why it's a core value here. We are blessed to be a blessing. That's why we give. That's why we get to the pregnancy care center. That's why we do some of the other things that we do because I believe we will be a testimony to God's goodness for people. God is able to bless you, brother, so that in all things, at all times, and in all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now, him who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase, there's the multiplication, your store of seed. And will watch the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in what? In thanksgiving to God. In reaching people to see the goodness of God. This principle goes all the way back to the time which predates the law. And one of the best ways we acknowledge God as our provider is with the time. By worshiping him every time he gives us an increase. Giving him that time. What is the time? It's returning 10% of God, uh, what he has trusted us in, being a good steward. Yes, we budget, but first and foremost, we give to God. We give that time. The time is his anyway. Come on in, it belongs to him. So really, we're not giving him God, we're just returning to him. Some of you might think, wow, 10%? Yeah, that's, that's a lot. I could really use that. But God said, in this area, do what? Put me to the test. Trust me. Trust me and see. And he says, see if I will throw open the floodgates of heaven. Why? Because there's this, this principle that's at play here of multiplication. See if I will open the floodgates of heaven and rebuke the devourer, right? Because this opens the door for blessing. We don't give to get the blessing. It's just the principle at play that happens. Opens the door of blessing in our life. Before something can be multiplied, it's got to be blessed. Anything we surrender to God is redeemed. Whether that's your heart and your mind, surrender to God. Or that's your finances through tithing. Before something can be multiplied, it must be blessed. What we surrender to God is redeemed. So 
That's right, 90%. And, and many of you, you can attest to this. You, you might as well testify, you might as well say amen or something like that. But, but you can say that, man, my 90%, like I haven't missed that 10%. Right. Because my 90% blessed with God is better than 100% on my own. And I believe God is blessing our church because we give. You heard um, Pastor Haley mention that we sponsored the Walk for Life yesterday. We give monthly to the Pregnancy Care Center because we believe in what they're doing. We give school supplies every summer to local schools. We do teacher appreciation throughout the year. Um, we, we pay rent for people. We pay water bills, electric bills. We've given washers and dryers. We've given food every month. Uh, Ms. Irma is, is running our, our food pantry, and, and we give food out every month for people in need. Gas cards. We built two homes in Guatemala, so there's two families that have a decent roof over their head. Amen. Come on. All because God multiplies what you give. We're able to do that. Come on. I mean, we're, we're, we're not some large mega church, but man, when we come together, we're better together. When we come together to do God's will, Amen. like this, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to trick you or manipulate you to give more or anything like that. Man, but there's principles that play here in God's word. Multiplies what we give Amen. for His will, for His purposes. In every story of need, there is a miracle, a provision, a provision. So when God guides, He provides. If we pursue His will, His provision follows. Come on, when God directs your steps, He always puts provision in your path. Secondly, God miraculously multiplies what is given. What you keep is all you have. What you give, God multiplies. Come on, worship team, come on up. The last thing is this, is you just might be a part of God's miracle provision. God may not only provide a miracle in your life, but God wants to do a miracle through your life. He doesn't want to just do something in you. He wants to do something through you. So God may be blessing you or, or, or doing something or working in your life so that you can bless other people. The end of 2 Corinthians 9 that we read says you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Not just with finances. With love, with grace, a helping hand, kindness. But you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Someone in a village in another country across the world, they're going to see you in heaven one day because you gave and were able to give to missions. Think about that for a minute. There's two families in Guatemala that have decent roofs over their head because you gave. There are kids that are given a chance at life because we give and we support the pregnancy care center. And they're able to lead and guide these families who were abortion led, but now they're saying, no, I choose life. There's kids and teenagers that have a safe place to come and experience God and start walking out. What, what, what am I on this earth for? When many of them are struggling with their identity and their purpose. Lives are being touched in this community all because you give. And when Haley and I first came here just over three years ago, yes, I know you guys needed a pastor, but my heart and what God birthed in me is I don't want to just pastor this church. I want to pastor this community. Yes, I know you need a pastor, but so do they. We've got to get out of this this mindset that we've had for years, that the church has had for so long. Not just this church, but the church. Yeah, yeah, we got to break that. we got to break the norm. we got to get up. There's got to be a new normal for us. What can God do through us? What, what miracle 
life and your life is dead. But man, God wants to do so much more beyond what we need right now in our life. Yeah. In fact, God will do through your need and beyond. Much of it is through generosity. We serve a generous God who gives abundantly, who is more than able to do anything we could ever imagine, who's given us everything. trust God and follow His will if we obey Him in every way, including generosity. But we cannot if we only focus on our lack. There's many that are so focused on their lack, they're so focused on I don't have enough, that they don't, they don't even see God at all. And they're struggling with, where is God? Well, there's a reason you don't see God, because you're not focused on Him. Fear asks, what if I run out of Faith asks, what do I have to give? Fear says, I, I don't have enough. But faith says, my God is more than enough. Fear says, I can't afford to tithe. But faith says, 90% with God's blessings goes way beyond 100% without. God will meet every need according to His riches and glory. Sometimes He's going to do a miracle in your life. And sometimes He will meet miraculously and meet through you. So my question for you, if you'll stand up this morning, is this. How can God use you as a miracle of provision for someone else? It can be financially. It can be just a random act of kindness. It can be a phone call. It can be a prayer. It can be so many different things. What is God speaking to you right now? How is God stirring you to be a miracle of provision for someone else. Ask him. I believe if you truly ask him, I believe if you truly pray and you seek him, I believe he'll show you. Ask him. Prayer team, you guys can come on. We're going to pray for you if you'd like here in just a few moments. We're going to invite anybody that would like to pray and then we're going to close out with one more worship song together. But, but today, maybe you find yourself in need. Do you need a miracle of provision in your life right now? Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.